Welcome back to the Gridiron Gang Podcast. Week 7 Review Show. We're fired up, we're buzzing off the prime, and we're here to break down every single game for you from this week, starting with the San Francisco 49ers at the Minnesota Vikings, Monday Night Football, 22-17 Vikings. We're now talking two straight losses for the 49ers. We're talking Brock Purdy in concussion protocol. We're talking Debo Samuel injured. We're talking McCaffrey playing through injuries. We're talking about a Niners team holding on for dear life, Jesse. Also, no Justin Jefferson. No Justin Jefferson, no problem, because it was a coming out party for Jordan Addison, rookie for the Minnesota Vikings, just had a career night. He had seven catches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns, and he also got banged up, came right back out there and kept going to work, so great night for him. Kirk Kirk Thuggins, Kirk O'Chains, Kirk O'Chains on prime time. He's now 3-10 and ten on Silencing the critics. He, he came to play, he came to put on a show, and boy was he ever electric out there, Jesse. Yeah, he was uh, standing tough in the pocket, making his reads, making some tough throws, showing true heart, true grit, the Minnesotian way. I don't even know if that's what you call them out in Minnesota, (laughs) but that's what we call them out here in British Columbia, Canada. So, yeah, I just want to bang off this guy's numbers. 35 of 45 for 378, two touchdowns and an early interception that absolutely did not phase the kid. The man doesn't work on Tuesdays because he's a family man. That's why he's not elite, but he's still very good, okay? And he silenced the doubters on Monday Night Football. He was absolutely locked in, in my opinion, Juice's opinion, the best game of his Minnesota Viking career. I know he had some bangers out in uh, Washington, you know. You like that? But that was You def- like that? That was definitely his You like that? Yeah. That was def- you like that. That was definitely his best game uh, as a Minnesota Viking. Kind of saves the season, turns it around. They were looking to be sellers. Now who knows? Maybe they'll be buyers because they are still in it. A weak ass NFC besides the top heavy teams. And yeah, I don't know if the if the 49ers should be panicking, you know. Uh, they have a good backup quarterback situation with Sam Darnold, uh, with, uh, Purdy being in concussion protocol. We don't re- that kind of came out of nowhere just a few hours ago. Uh, but it looked like it happened on that tush push when he took a helmet to helmet, uh, just to show you guys, or just proves that like how the Eagles are the only team that can actually run that play properly because J- uh, Jalen Hurd squats about 2000 pounds. Just kidding, but pretty close. And he's got that O-line to do it with as well. Yeah. Exactly. I've seen multiple teams try and fail at that play throughout the league this year so far, but, um, yeah, just to bring it back, as you just said, the Minnesota Vikings through seven weeks are now sitting at three wins, four losses, and they're only half a game out of the last wild card yeah, spot in the right NFC. Now, right? Yeah, they're yeah. sitting right there. It's a whole different ball game for this Vikings team. They now have new life breathed right into them, and that's without Justin Jefferson and their best player. Yeah, and that's speaking volumes to the entire, uh, the whole team coming together. Really, the whole team falling into that scheme. The defense stood on their heads in this game. They played phenomenally led by once again Danielle Hunter yeah recording his ninth sack of the season uh leads the NFL but he was also just relentless uh getting after Brock Purdy all night you know without Trent Williams there on the left side uh just showing his absolute dominance but I just want to shout out Kevin O'Connell the coach uh of the Minnesota Vikings former OC for the Los Angeles Rams he's one of the best play designers in the NFL they throw on absolutely just about everybody and uh you know they love to feature uh, Justin Jefferson in that Cooper Cup role. And without Justin Jefferson, they're now starting to feature Jordan Addison in that role. And he's he's picked up right where Justin Jefferson left off. You know, he's not as physically gifted as Justin Jefferson, but it doesn't matter. He's got heart. He plays hard. And he's now second in the NFL, Eli, in uh, receiving touchdowns only with six. And the only guy ahead of him is 
the cheetah. Yeah, and I, I love to hear that. I, I'm I'm invested in Jordan Addison. I got a one of one signed rookie card from the kid, so I'm I'm hoping for his career to take off from here. I love to hear that type of stuff. You like that? I like that. Yo, Kirk, you like that? Kirk O'Chains, Cameron, uh, Cameron Bynum, career night for him as well. I gotta mention that's two interceptions, two key interceptions on. The only two probably bad throws that Purdy had all night. He actually looked like weight huge bounce back yeah. performance, but unfortunately for him in key situations, he he came up short. And that's just the thing. He played a phenomenal game until the point where it actually really mattered. And you know that first interception was absolutely pathetic. It was a horrible pass. Uh, that's what happens when you're a timing quarterback and the timing gets thrown off. That second interception, you can kind of live with it. He ran out of the pocket, tried to make a play. Yep. Uh, when the game's on the line, yeah, exactly. you, you gotta you gotta live and die by the sword in those moments. And sometimes you look like a hero when it pulls off, and sometimes like he just had, you look like a zero, unfortunately. And you know maybe it's Sam Darsh's time to shine, Jesse. Yeah. I don't know. Sam Darnold lurking in the midst. He's seeing ghosts. Halloween's coming up around the corner. You know he he, he might just get some action next week with the uh, concussion. Purdy in the in the protocols yep. right now, and I'll, I'll just the unsung hero for the Minnesota Vikings this game is their offensive line. You know, to drop back forty five times and not give up a quarterback hit, let alone give up a sack, is really impressive. Especially going up against Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, uh, Randy Gregory, uh, Drake Jackson, Eric Armstead, and just you know, uh, Nick Bosa. One one pass rush win on 40 reps, you know, that's not what they're paying him all that money for. So it just shows you how good of a left tackle Christian Derrishaw is for them. And yeah, I would say watch out for the Minnesota Vikings, you know, and who knows, after the shellacking that the Lions took, Eli, you're, maybe your pick is still alive there for the NFC North. Yeah, I don't know. God, the, the thing about the NFL season, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Every game is crazy. Every game is a battle within itself. This is like what we've seen all year so far is crazy result after crazy result of overwhelming favorites just getting beat by a better team on that day or on that night and that's exactly what we saw once again in this Monday nighter in Minnesota and uh we should add really quickly uh shout out Christian McCaffrey 16th straight game with a touchdown NFL record he had a rushing touchdown and a passing and And you could tell he was playing banged up yeah he's got a slightly torn oblique and so just you know that guy is Definitely one of the top 10 or ten best players in the NFL for my money. And I think, you know, just showing toughness and, and playing through injury when other key players on that team is hurt. And ultimately, it wasn't enough, but still want to just, you know, give him a round of applause. Yeah, for that he effort. should be one of the favorites in the MVP discussion in anyone's mind and, this year. There's, like n- 10, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's, he's getting Daniels. overlooked yeah. very hard because this, ahead? Like, it's just this team's not the same team without Christian McCaffrey, and he, he deserves way more credit for what he's doing this year. It's truly a remarkable run that he's on right now. I also think this last two weeks shows you how important Debo Samuel is to this team because they're not, they didn't, I don't know if you noticed, but they don't run nowhere near as much motion uh, without him because he's usually the guy doing the motion and the, that's a little bit confusing to me Eli. yeah especially when he's a threat out of the run game like he is at times too you could see a lot of crossing patterns pre-motion with him that yeah. really throw the defense off and they were not doing that they they had very little motion in yeah. this game and it it showed in the final uh score for them and minnesota now they're they got all sorts of confidence they got a divisional matchup against the green bay packers it's a very winnable game even though it's in lambo it's always a tough place to play but those packers man i mean they're nothing to write they home got about. smoked by the they're, broncos they ain't, baby. Gonna, they ain't gonna strike fear into these guys right now and the san francisco 49ers will look to bounce back against the cincinnati Bengals, who have 
found their footing. They're winning games. They're not playing well while winning games, the but too, but they're winning games. They've had time to prepare and potentially a Brock Purdy not playing in that game. So that'll be one to monitor next week for sure. Uh, other night game, other primetime game. There was so much hype about this game. Miami at Philadelphia, 31-17 win for Philly. And it really did not live up to the hype in my mind. This was Philly dominating through and through. They had two-thirds of all the possession in this game, almost 40 minutes of possession. Not a single penalty call against Philadelphia. And if you could freeze frame for frame, maybe five or six obvious missed calls by the referee i'm not saying it would have made a difference in this game but that's a little bit alarming for the nfl they really have to clean this stuff up because this is a countless amount of times we've seen already this year with this uh horrible officiating jesse oh yeah and there's a game later we're gonna get into where i thought the officiating was piss poor but yeah i mean this is just total domination like you said and, and this just goes to show uh you that you know in my opinion in the nfl size beats speed every single time and uh, that's my fear for Miami. They're a fast team. They're not a big team. And they also play a lot better in Miami. And, you know, if they don't have that home field advantage, you know, in January, February, I really worry about this team. They had 244 yards of offense. They had only really two good drives the whole game. They scored 17 points, and seven of those were off a of pick six. That was a tip pass. So the offense really couldn't get anything going. And now there's news out today, Wednesday, October 25th. Tyreek Hill didn't practice. Raheem Mostert didn't practice. Jalen Waddle was banged up in the game, playing through injuries and whatnot. They're already missing their stud left tackle, uh, uh, Armstead. And uh, yes, it's, it's a little bit concerning times for the Miami Dolphins, especially when you consider that they haven't really beat a legit team all year. I mean... The best team they beat was maybe the Chargers, if, and I, I don't really think that they're that great of a team. So, yeah, I was expecting a more competitive game, uh, especially after Philly was coming off a loss to the Jets, and they just they bounced back in a big way and just pounded the ball down Miami's throats. Uh, big plays by A.J. Brown, who's emerging as, you know, he's a top I think th- it's time to acknowledge his greatness Yeah, he's a point. top three receiver yeah. in the game right now with uh, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. And with Justin Jefferson on the shelf, you could argue he's the second best receiver playing right now. And uh, he's just a, you know, swole Batman. He's a fucking freaky lad. He is. He's, he is a freak. He has incredible dimensions to his game. His route running's incredible. His speed's incredible. But none more so than his ultimate strength, which he has. He has the ability to beat you in so many ways. Uh... Yeah, it's got to be a privilege for a guy like Justin Hurts to know that he Jaylen, has this. Jalen Hurts, yeah. sorry, not Justin Fields. Jalen Hurts. Uh, Best of both. To have the security blanket to throw to this guy all the time. I mean, that's five straight games over 125 yards now for yeah. A.J. Brown. After he, we saw him earlier in the season, he was so frustrated, visibly frustrated on the sidelines in that game when he was not getting his targets. Now we're seeing why. We're seeing the productivity that he's capable of. Um yeah, one thing I noticed in this game early on was Miami neglected to stick with the run game. And I found that surprising because I thought that was going to be a way for them to stay in this game more and kind of control possession more and maybe try to fight their way into this game. Because Mostert had a very respectable nine carries for 45 yards too, so six yards a carry. So I thought they strayed away from that a little too fast for my liking, Jesse. But ultimately... Um, I think their problem was they kept... Early on, they kept trying to run it up the middle. And, uh, you know, with that fucking Eagles Giant line, line that's yeah. just, you know, and they're a speed. The, the Dolphins are a speed team. You want to get Mostert, 
And uh, I know Etienne's not playing, but Jeff Wilson, Ahmed, whoever, you want to get them on the outside, on those outside zones. Yeah, and you runs. saw a lot of success with that, especially early in the second yeah, half, exactly. too. Early so early third quarter. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, the Eagles dominated on the defensive line and pass rushing situations, whether it was Jalen Carter beating them on the interior. Josh Sweat had a couple sacks. Nolan Smith, 30th overall pick, got his first sack. Hassan Reddick. He didn't get a uh, sack, but it didn't matter. He popped. He had a couple tackles for losses. He had a couple of pressures. I mean, his presence was felt yeah, throughout just, that game. Just the, rota- yep. the rotating bodies that they have on that defensive line, they have like six or seven guys that are, are starters. And, you know, they only start four of them. And there's always a fresh body in there, Eli. And it's just, it's really impressive what they've done with that D line over the last few years. Yeah. And uh, Howie Roseman, you know, this. After the game, it, it broke. They just traded for a uh, former All-Pro safety out of Tennessee, uh, Kevin Byard, uh, you know, because they've had some safety injuries. And, you know, that's just it, it just shows you how good of a GM Howie Roseman is. I think he walks circles around all the other GMs in the league. He's built a tremendous roster, and they just, they just keep getting better and better, man. Yeah, they identify who they want, and they get them, simply put. And they're doing good business, as you say. And that's another star player that they're going to add to that secondary. So that, that'll be interesting to see where he slots into the mix there um i did want to say there was a stat that flashed across the screen during live tv it was something about tua's record with and without being sacked i think two or more times and he was sacked three times in this game and now it's below 500 all time for him in the nfl after he gets sacked that many times so that's something to keep an eye on going forward because miami's offensive line they're really nothing special to write home about so it's gonna rely a lot on Tua's intuition and mobility within the pocket and scrambling outside of the pocket to just I mean those stats they reign true you know like that that is a key key thing for them in terms of winning and losing going forward so that's something to keep an eye on for this Miami team who like you mentioned at the start we haven't seen them beat a real team yet so far this year we've we've seen them beat up bad on below caliber teams yeah. early on in the season so um it'll be really interesting to see how and what they do especially with all these injuries in a divisional matchup against new england patriots who are coming off a big win in their own right this I, week. i'm really worried about this team if tyreek hill and moster can't go i'm you know you know me i'm not the biggest uh like i i do like Tua. i i think that he benefits from a really good scheme and you know i think like, yeah, like, people want to talk about Brock Purdy being a scheme quarterback. You could say the same thing about Tua as well as yeah. Jalen Hurts because yeah. I'm t- I'm sorry you take these guys out of these offenses and away from these coaches and they're not the same people. Exactly, period. and you know Tua, you know he he was visibly shaken by the third quarter. You know he was getting the ball out quickly. He's not standing in the pocket uh, trying to take hits and deliver the ball. You know how you know Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl was just standing in there relentlessly. Uh, Two is a smaller guy, you know, he doesn't want to get hit. He's got the injury history. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, that's something that I think they kind of got exposed a little bit on the offensive line there with uh, the Eagles D-line. And obviously not all teams that they're going to play have as good of a front as the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm sure a lot of these teams are going to watch what they did, the stunts that they did on the line and all of that, and, and, and try to come up with a recipe for success because, like, you know, you get pressure onto it, you sack him, and he's a different guy, like you said, Eli. Yeah, and I'm really interested to see just going forward if anyone can figure out how to stop this tush push or whatever you want to call it that Philadelphia. Yeah, any 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 terminology you want to call it. I haven't seen anyone come remotely close to stopping this and it's not only like they're getting a yard, 
They're getting like two, three yards every single time they run this play. It's like Sirianni said, uh, they it, it's first and nine for them. I would argue first and eight or yeah, seven exactly. even. Like you literally cannot stop this play. They're running it from their own forty yard line, thirty yard line. They have no fear whatsoever of and them not executing. For this as right much now. as I hate the play, I am now in favor favor with them. Why eliminate the play? Because nobody else is doing it. And they're the only team that is doing it. Like that's an advantage for them, and it's it's not if if every other team was doing it and and having success, I could see I could I could see the the argument to eliminate eliminate it. But Philadelphia's the only team that can do this successfully. Yeah, my opinions swayed heavily in the last few weeks on it because I was in favor of ruling it out of the league at first because I just. I just think it's ugly football, it's you rugby. know. It, it it's it's rugby at, at a certain sense. I don't I don't aesthetically like looking at it, but like you said, they've worked so hard at perfecting this craft that you almost have to gain an admiration for it. It's like an art form, so to speak, what they're doing because if it was that easy, like you just said, every single team in the league would do this because there's a lot of teams. I heard Mike McDaniel say he would kill to be able to execute I mean, third and would- fourth and ones on 85 plus percent of the time and teams don't do that Tua would get injured doing that, oh you know? immediately and just like the previous game we talked about both the vikings and the niners tried to do it and neither of them were successful it's because jalen hurts in high school is a powerlifting like like state champion he, he's really strong he squats like six seven eight hundred pounds they got jason kelsey the best center in the league the best o-line in the league and you see when jalen hurts does it how low he gets with the center and you see kirk cousins and brock purdy doing it and they're just they're not low their center gravity is not low you know it's there is a certain technique to this and none of the other teams are doing it and even teams with good offensive lines like the cowboys last monday night they tried it and they, they failed do it, as well you know? yep. so yeah yeah it's not as easy as it looks and you just mentioned him patrick mahomes Kansas City Chiefs at home against the LA Chargers. He just had his we he had his reminder to everyone how great Patrick Mahomes truly is, how he's undeniably the best player in football. All these idiots that are ranking other quarterbacks ahead of them can chill. Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. He's the best. He's the GOAT in in making, man, for real. He is the guy. He just had another four hundred plus yard game, four hundred and twenty four yards to be specific. Four touchdowns. Yeah, he went ballistic, man. He just he just reminded everyone and uh yeah, guess who played a huge part in that? He was once again instrumental. Travis Kelsey, major 12 catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, I'm pretty sure this guy is still not 100%. And he's and, 34. And he's 34 years old, and he just continues to just show everyone he's the best tight end possibly in the history of football, man. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's playing absolutely incredible when Taylor Swift's in the building, you know? Yeah, and for all the Swifties, I guess they're all big fans of Jackson Mahomes now, too, because you could see him getting in on the celebration. So I'm sure all you Swifties love to see stuff like that, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, there's, you know, (laughs) that special handshake with Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes. You know, I saw that, and I literally threw up on your carpet. I mean, that shit was cringe, okay? Jackson Mahomes, get the fuck off my TV, pal. Yeah. And uh, you know, I see that the Swifties, you know, they're 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 now probably concerned for Taylor Swift's safety that she's hanging out with a sexual predator like this guy. Okay, so let's get this guy out of the fucking box with these guys. But yeah, back to the game. 
Really impressive performance. The first half was fantastic. The shootout <laughs> back and forth. Big plays all over by both teams. And then the Chiefs' defense really came to play in the second oh half. Justin Herbert's uh, struggles continued. Uh, Charles Aminihu, and I, I probably butchered that, but Aminihu in his first game back from you know his uh, PED because the Chiefs love steroids. Uh, his first game back, he had a sack and he also had a, a deflected pass of, of Justin Herbert that led to an interception. But huge news coming out of this is uh, Nick Bolton's dislocated wrist. He's going to miss some times. He's one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Huge. Uh, part of that defense. He's a presence, man. Yeah. He's he's that leader presence that they look to to have big plays when they need it most, man. He's got an uncanny ability to do that time exactly. and time again. So that that is a huge, huge loss after what was a phenomenal result in game for Kansas City. And this just in, Eli, the Chargers defense sucks. It's official. <laughs> it, they're trash. They're giving up 310 passing yards a game. Uh, the next, the, the, it's almost 40. I think you mentioned that they were also the highest, the highest paid, paid yeah. uh, defense yeah. across the NFL. And they have a defensive-minded head coach in Brandon Staley. Um, that is unacceptable. You know, I question whether Brandon Staley makes it through the whole season because we're seeing a clear regression in Justin Herbert's play this year. Um, the defense can't freaking stop a Pop Warner team at this point. And, uh, yeah, you know, they back to the drawing boards for them. I think it's probably – I think it's really shocking that to a lot of people that they're, what, 2-4 and four now? 2-4, and four, yeah, and it's think... not looking good. It hasn't looked pretty the way they've lost. They've no. been absolutely manhandled and coughed up games at the end of games and the close ones too. So yeah, they've lost in the worst ways possible on both ends of the spectrum. Um, going back to Kansas City, is it fair to say that rookie Rasheed Rice is now Mahomes' second favorite target on the team? He – He's now had, I think, three straight games uh, with a touchdown, or maybe two out of three, and yeah. he, he's he's leading the way in receptions. He's yeah. not dropping balls. No. He's, he's kind had, of... He stacked up three good weeks. Yeah, in he's now. kind of really, really administering himself as that top dog in the yeah. real receiver yeah. room. So I, I think that's good for Mahomes to have that reliable target outside of Kelsey that he sure. could get to. So I, I think he's kind of taken that leap. And they were also able to get MVS going on a couple of big plays. You know? Which we've seen in the past. Yeah. He doesn't catch a lot, but no. he usually catches He's them for giant though, yardage yeah. when they hit him. And it's good to see them expand the field to him as that well. That was too. by far the best off the best that that offense has looked all year. And you know, a, Yeah, I don't a, think you like hearing that when they're rolling into Denver next week. I ain't you. even worried, bro. <laughs> I ain't even worried. Like, we're we coming, boy! <laughs> and it's the Chargers who will be taking on... Um, who is it again next week? They're two and four, so I'm I'm struggling to even care about them at this point. Oh yeah, it's that great Sunday nighter Versus, uh, against the Chicago yeah. Bears. Uh yeah. Please, Tyson please, Bezos. please, NFL, do something about that. No one already, wants to watch that. I already that know the Bears Sunday are gonna night. smoke the Chargers. That's what I'm saying, man. That's just an easy win for the yeah. Bears at this point. Yeah. So Yep, speaking of Denver, you saw it, we witnessed it. The Denver Broncos did not blow a halftime lead. Woo! We all saw it. It actually happened. My By God's grace, somehow it actually happened on a last-second pick. Yeah. Uh, DJ Locke, shout-out, first career interception. Yeah, filling in for the suspended Kareem oh, Jackson. Boy. What what a horrible guy this guy is. Intent oh, to injure, intent to kill this, Kareem yeah. Jackson. This is That's the way the NFL sees it. Although they see uh, Witherspoon as a phenomenal talent with a great hit and a play that looked identical to couple, the eye. couple clean hits by both fellas there but this was the other game where i thought the officiating sucked you know patrick Sertan got robbed of an interception where him and the receiver had the ball to get uh 
both both all four simultaneously hands on the wall, all four hands and times. his two feet touch first clearly touch yeah, first by rule that that should be an interception gene's territory even came on the tv and, and said so and and then just so you know that that egregious penalty on a defenseless receiver whatever the fuck that even means it was a shoulder to fucking shoulder hit and you know the letter was the letter that kareem jackson received it it said um you know, you had enough time to like, like hold off and, and not like, buddy, like that just shows you that these clowns, uh, like Roger Goodell and his goons, they don't, they've never played football before. You're, you're making split decisions, split decision set, uh, decisions in like milliseconds. You know, it was a bang, bang play. It was a clean hit. Those are the types of hits that made me love watching football back that. in the day. Like, I mean, John tr- Taylor, Bob Sanders, all these guys, there's a clear, identification indifference between head hunting and hard hitting those those are two totally different words and kareem jackson was simply not head hunting on this play it was a huge hit yes a fair hit yes so i mean he had a four game suspension got reduced to two games i I still think that's ridiculous he should have never been thrown out of that game should have never been suspended but and he's not a dirty player he's a team captain man and he's been a team captain for about four years he's like 34 35 one of the older defense yeah i'm just telling you right now like a a neutral nfl fan isn't here to watch flag football we're here to watch football and football is a violent sport by nature and guys know what they're getting into it's been defined as getting into a car accident every week they're well aware of that yeah. they they want to get hit they want to hit people and they just want to be able to play the game fairly ultimately so once again the nfl's got a lot of issues to work on with refereeing yeah. with like the whole the whole spectrum of how they're viewing the games i, I mean i think they gotta go back to the drawing board I and agree. get back to the basics I man agree. let's let's watch some good football again a you couple know? of things i want to i want to say here is uh you know, Baron Browning made his debut for the Broncos, and he had an immediate impact on only 17 pass rushing snaps. Uh, he ha- he led the team with four pressures. He was on a snap count, and uh, you know that's a little under 25%. So, uh, I think the world of him. He's so explosive. It's only like his 12th game as a pass rusher. He came into the league as an inside linebacker and made the switch last year in his second year. So that's a huge boost for the. For the pass rushing unit and you know it's it was said today that he's back in that starting role opposite of Jonathan Cooper Nick Benito will be more of the pass rushing uh he'll come come in more as a pass rusher and passing downs and that's a good trio for the Denver Broncos and also according to next gen stats Javante Williams in week seven you know he had 15 carries for 82 yards plus 33 yards uh run yards over expected uh, he was the only running back this weekend to see a stacked box on 40% or more of his carries and still generate 10 or more uh, run yards over expected. And, you know, with a stacked box, that just means with that nobody really respects Russell Wilson and this passing attack. And they constantly had eight, eight uh, defenders in the box 40% of the time or more. And Javante Williams was still able to rip off some big runs. I thought it was the best he's looked uh, since his injury. And the last two game specifically he's looking like that running back that i've been uh, praising all off season yeah I, l- I love watching javante when he gets going he hits the holes hard and even ball. even if there's not a hole he's hitting a body hard I and think we uh, were talking about it like you see the hole like you see he always has to make a guy miss to gain yards and then like you know some of the holes that like real deal jaleel's getting you know they're 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 mass not taking anything away from him that's a i i love this duo of backs they're different styles yeah. and they 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 um collaborate well with one another um 
Yeah, no, I think this offense, man, like you, fifteen touches for Javante, it's still not enough. Yeah, it's still no, he's no. he's got to be averaging twenty yeah. a game. He's got to get more of the ball because Russell Wilson's not the guy. No, he's not the guy anymore. No. He's not who he used to be. He could manage a game though. Yeah, That's yeah, what he yeah, could yeah. still do. He could still manage a game. We just saw him do that against the Packers. He had one key bad throw, and that was to Javante on that on out the route bootleg, on yeah. the naked bootleg to, to end the game. That would have sealed it. They yeah. would have need out the clock, yeah. and the, you know all hell broke loose. And uh, Jordan Love had an opportunity to win that game, and it was uh, once again PJ Locke who was filling in for the aforementioned Kareem Jackson yeah. who made. The incredible play on that interception to seal the deal in that one, but um, yeah. And also, Corlin Sutton, couple big catches. He's looking pretty good these last few weeks, making some good contested catches for the Broncos. Uh, love to see that. You know, love to see somebody emerging in that wide receiver room for Russ. But uh, yeah, I think the recipe for success for this team is is run the ball, pound the rock. The Chiefs just gave up a ton of rushing yards to like Joshua Kelly and the Chargers. The Broncos. Uh, Javon, this just in, Javante Williams is a way better running back than Joshua Kelly. So, Sean Payne, let's continue to run the ball this week. Run it down their throats. And come on, 16 straight games. Let's fucking end it. We need a win. The season's still alive. Let's go. Yeah, and it's a big game. It's a big game against the Don't Monster. let Taylor Swift in the fucking building. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because if she's there, Travis Kelsey will play better. Yeah. It is statistically proven. He will play better with her there. So, yeah, lock her out on that one if you're a Broncos fan. Also, and... <laughs> the Packers, they, they were dropping like flies. In they were. Game. Oh, yeah, that they was put, a lot of injuries. They put Darnell yeah. Savage, their safety, and Eric Stokes, their cornerback, on IR. Uh, don't know any update on Deontay Wyatt yet. Christian Watson went down. Apparently, he's good to go, which is which is good for their offense. But they still can't even get him going because they, they just don't look like they quite trust Jordan Love to make like the plays the necessary players yeah and they're in desperation mode now yeah. going against the minnesota vikings in that divisional matchup because you might not have to finish above 500 in the nfc this year to make the playoffs yeah. so they are not dead nope. they are simply not dead yet it's a huge game coming up for them you gotta win at home you gotta you gotta protect lambo and you gotta win a divisional matchup so yeah two big games coming up for both those teams looking to salvage their season um here's a shocker the pittsburgh steelers are four and two yeah that, that has got to be one of the more baffling things I've ever heard for this NFL season. Uh, this team has not played good football. They just beat the LA Rams 24-17. I don't even know what to say. I think, no joke, Jesse, I think TJ Watt has to be in the discussion, not for Defensive Player of the Year, for MVP. Yeah. This guy is single-handedly winning games at key moments yeah. for this Pittsburgh Steelers team all year. This yeah. offense is dog shit. Yeah. Pure dog shit, and dog. that's not talking about George Pickens. He individually is phenomenal. He He's is doing, a dog. He is doing so much with so little volume that it's absolutely remarkable. Because Kenny Pickett is ass. Yep. Najee Harris is ass. Trash. I'm sorry. This Pittsburgh Steelers team is terrible. Mike Tomlin, yeah, great coach. Right? Mike Tomlin will 100% be in the discussion for oh, coach yeah. of the year if they could somehow. Even finish above 500, that is a fucking miracle with this team, dude. You know, I was listening to Move the Sticks podcast, and Daniel Jeremiah referred to uh, the Steelers as the cockroaches of the <laughs> NFC North. You know, they just won't die. They just won't go away. That's a great, I thought, great I thought it was, Yeah, I thought it was a great analogy. But uh, this is like the fourth game in a row that the Pittsburgh Steelers have just been, like, just completely outplayed, and yet they're coming away with wins. Um, they, they, you know, they ran the ball actually really good in the fourth quarter only. 
but yeah, you know, J- Jalen Warren continues to look like the better back, the more explosive back. I think, you know, Najee Harris, again, was like three, three point something yards per carry. <laughs> just running with his jeans on. Just an absolute plug. Shout out Big Al got the touchdown this Big week, Al, though. Yeah, you yeah, you just one week late on that touchdown yeah, yeah. call, but Next it's all week good. you got it, bud. And, uh, yeah, you know, another massive game for Puka Nakua. But I, I, Cooper you know, Cup kept in check, though. Yeah. That was huge. That was, like, I, I mean, um, in terms of statistics this year, I believe that Pittsburgh was coming into the game ranked 25th in yards allowed to receivers this year. Yeah. So I know Puka Nakua had a huge game, but to keep Cooper Cup in check, that's that's a huge win. I think you live with Puka Nakua having a big game and keeping Cup in check if you're the other team. You know, I think that they'll take a W with that. And, uh, you know, the, the Rams, they missed a couple of long field goals. Uh, and they ended up cutting their kicker like on Monday or Tuesday. But that sh- set up short fields for Pittsburgh, and they couldn't muster shit out of that except for field goals. But I thought that was like those are crucial moments in the game, those missed field goals, and then setting up short fields for uh, Pittsburgh Steelers field goals. And, uh, you know, Aaron Donald, they double teamed him all game, and he couldn't get much going. So that was a good game plan that they had. And, you know, Matt Canada showing some of, some emotion finally in the press box. Good for that bald idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, but just a, a weird game. Uh, you know, the better team lost, in my opinion. The, like we said, the Steelers got outplayed. But at the end of the day, Mike Tomlin did his thing. And the Steelers somehow came out of there with a W. A lot of Steelers fans in, in uh, SoFi, though. They do travel. They do, they do. And I got to tell you, like, this Rams team, I still have a feeling we're going to see them make a run to the playoffs this year. I mean, they're they're literally in every yeah. single game. They're, they're in tight battles every single week, and that's just the team they are. That's just the way they're coached. They're, they're coached to fight to the end every single time. And, yeah, Sean McVay, there was a questionable also um, ruling at oh, the end of the horrible, game. Oh, uh, horrible, very, very questionable. And that, that I'm horrible. not saying the Rams get the ball and drive down and score, but we've seen but Matt But they should have Staff- got the ball with the chance. Listen, we've seen Matt Stafford do that time and time again, too. He's one of the best of all time in yeah. the two-minute drill. Yeah. So I'm just saying they, they could have definitely had an opportunity to that was an awful to tie spot, that game that, that was spot. once again another horrible call in in an nfl game that quite possibly could have changed the outcome of the game so yeah once again i mean i'm i'm not one to be complaining but it's just something that's clearly identifiable to any fan watching so it's the la rams against the cowboys in dallas next week coming up trying to get back on track in that one and um the Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Jags at home next yeah. week. So, I mean, we're seeing the Jags really come into their own. They're coming in in their stride. They're getting hot. But we've also seen a couple other teams get hot and then get shellacked like the Detroit Lions this week as Is well. Has there so. ever been a more guaranteed thing than, you know, Trevor Lawrence and his fumble problems than a, a TJ Watt strip sack in this game? I mean, I think you could... That's Return a for a touchdown, yeah. too. Yeah, you could chalk that up. I mean, I'm going to try to get a call into... Yeah one of these betting companies and make that bet somehow but um Arizona Seattle uh it's not even really a lot to talk about in this one Arizona's finally kind of showing their true colors of just a team that does not have a lot of skill on it they really don't have those players that can continue to compete in in the NFL at this point uh they they were handled quite easily and disposed of quite easily DK Metcalf missed the first game of his career in this one and it surprisingly wasn't Tyler Lockett who stepped up in his absence. It was the combo of the two rookies, Jake Bobo and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, yeah. They combined for eight catches, 
124 yards and two touchdowns. They both had uh, four catches each. Yep. So great, great game for these rookies because we haven't really seen Jackson Smith do anything nope. after being very highly hyped before the season. But also he's operating behind two very good receivers. So good for him to get his uh, up and comings and first touchdown in, in the absence of DK Metcalf in this one. Uh, we saw this game really won through the ground kenny walker had a ton of touches he got over 100 yards this year only 4.1 yeah 4.1 yards a carry but it was the matter of them just yeah they wore down that defense they kept that defense on the field a lot of the game they dominated in possession so yeah just i mean it it probably shouldn't have even been as close as 20 to 10 it was a very dominant win. the only reason it was is because the the seahawks had three turnovers on offense and the cardinals had zero geno smith uh, really struggled in the second half. Uh, you know, they had a really good first half, and the offense kind of stalled out in the second half. But, you know, today, again, Wednesday, October 25th. Uh, yeah, that's back-to-back weeks, too, for Geno, because we saw that against the Cincinnati Bengals, right. too. I think they only had nine yards of offense in the yeah. second half. So that's something to keep an eye on for the Seahawks going forward as well, because that's a little bit of cause for concern right there. And uh, today... You know, it was reported Kyler Murray was a full go in practice, so I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna finally get his debut on Sunday. I mean, that'll bring a little bit of juice. You know, Josh Dobbs. You know, he he is what he is at this point. He's definitely not. I mean, definitely not the talent that Kyler Murray is. So that could bring some life to that team. But yeah, like you said, they are they kind of are what they are right now. Uh, I will say, like Seattle's defense has a chance to be pretty special. They fly around. They they're coached like psychos. They have a great balance of leaders, like like the good old statesmen yeah. who are still Bobby capable Wagner, of Jamal playing Adams. at a very high level, and these young guns like ready to kill yeah, like, at any switch. Like Spoon is one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, he flies around. I, I love watching this. I already dude. think he's the best nickel corner in the NFL as a rookie. I mean. He's to, got that swagger, man. He's yeah, got that confidence. Yeah. He oozes it onto the screen. Yeah. Like, he's not afraid of anyone he's oh. matched up against. He wants the best players yeah. against him. And, yeah, he's, he's a guy to just definitely way, watch. Way better week. than Sauce Gardner. Oh, God. Uh, not four more good. sacks for Seattle. You know, their pass rush is good. Their secondary is good. Uh, their offense needs to – their offense has talent, and you just want to see it be a little bit more consistent. But, you know, this this team has the, the talent to go on a run, you know. And, yeah, and with and the 49ers exactly. sputtering in the division right now, that division all of a sudden is a lot tighter and a lot more open up for grabs right now. So, yeah, the, that's a good point that you make on that, Jesse, for yep. sure, man. Um, who, who's Seattle taking on next week? I the think Browns. they got the Cleveland Browns, yeah. and uh, it's already been ruled. It's P.J. Walker starting again, so no that's Ford. a lot more dangerous for it Seattle is, yeah. because Deshaun Watson's Trash. a fucking ass clown, so Trump yeah, that's a, that's a dangerous Trump situation Trump. for uh, a 2-0 and o P.J. Walker rolling yeah. into town after. Although it's been, you know, <laughs> yeah. Miles Garrett and company. Yeah, that's right, that's right, but anyways... Um, who were we? Who who did Seattle just beat the Cardinals? The Cardinals Ravens. Who gives a shit about that? I uh, mean, that should be a schlack. Yeah, I mean, if the Ravens don't hammer them, I'll I'll I don't even know what to say. Then yeah. the NFL's just fucked at that yeah, point. But we saw that with the Cowboys earlier this year too, right? So um, either way, that game's over and done with. Speaking of those Ravens, boy, did they look good, man! This was Ooh. probably in my mind going into the week game of the week potential for me yeah. along with the philly uh matter. miami game as well but um yeah it didn't play out that way one team came to play and one team played incredible and that was the baltimore ravens 38 to 6 win this was one of the more lopsided games of the entire nfl season against the detroit team that was flying in here oozing with confidence on all cylinders on all sides of the ball we just saw lamar jackson in my opinion have the game of his career 
to date. He played absolutely phenomenal. Um, I just want to read his stats from this game. They were incredible. 21 of 27, 352 yards, three touchdowns, along with nine rushes, 36 yards, and a touchdown. He did have a lost fumble again. That's the only blemish on an otherwise flawless performance from Lamar looking incredible in this one. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens flexed all over the Detroit Lions who were coming in as one of the, if not the hottest team in the NFL. And uh, they got absolutely slacked. It was a really impressive performance by the Ravens. Really impressive performance by the offense. You know, this was like the first game all year where they were able to get Mark Andrews going. Zay Flowers had some moments. OBJ had some moments. Rashad Bateman had some moments. Gus Edwards made plays. Justice Hills made plays. And Lamar Jackson, I mean... What a statement performance by him. Uh, some people in media, Stephen A. Smith, clown, were criticizing him, saying that they weren't getting their money's worth out of him. I think that's a joke. I mean, he's he's second in, second or third in the league in completion percentage, and they're second in the league in drops. So it could be even higher. He's playing really high-level football. Um, Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, finally gave us what this offensive potential can look like. And uh, it was really windy in this game. And Jared Goff was really struggling throwing the football. You know, he was throwing ducks, uh, no zip on the ball. Um, he was sacked five times. The The Ravens' defense is really creative with their fronts. Uh, they, they crowd the line of scrimmage, and you never know who's dropping back and who's coming. Uh, it confused the Detroit Lions' um, offensive line. And, you know, once it was 21-0, 28-0, they had to abandon the run game and just be a straight drop back passing uh, team. And that's just not where they're going to win games. And, you know, this performance in the weather uh, just worries me a little bit. I think Detroit, you know, they have a really easy schedule at a lot of their game, uh, remaining schedule and a lot of their games are in domes. And I think it's really important for them to try and get that uh, number one or number two seed. So they're playing in Ford field in the playoffs because Jared Goff, uh, similar to like we were talking about Tua in in colder conditions, you know he's got small hands. He doesn't have a big arm. We even saw in his time with the Rams as well. He just performs so much better in domes. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure there's stats to back that up. I don't have them in front of no, me. No, there but... are domes. Or uh, he's from California and he played at at UCal. So any kind of warmer weather or domes, and you know, I just it takes me back to uh, the Super Bowl year uh, for the Rams when they lost to the Patriots 13-3, and they were like. You know, they were the best offense going into that Sunday night football game at Chicago late in the year, and they got absolutely buried by the Bears. Right. And Goff just, he struggles in cold conditions. He struggles in the wind because of his physical limitations. Not taking anything away from him, he's having a great year. But I think that is really important to the key for the Detroit Lions' success is trying to get either the first seed or the second seed in the NFC. Yeah, and we've seen it time and time again. I mean... Good teams could get hammered on any given day in the NFL. That's the caliber at the which they play at, and they ran into a high-caliber team in Baltimore themselves, too. So this isn't to say it's time to hit the panic switch for Detroit whatsoever. Uh, they've still looked amazing throughout the season so far. Obviously, they're missing Montgomery early on in this game, too, trying to administer that ground attack. Even though he doesn't get the most yards, he's consistently getting four a carry typically three and a half four so they like relying on that to try to control uh possession in games too but um i thought gibbs did play pretty well yeah i thought i thought he did well and like you say it was the game script like they yeah. found themselves they they were down 14 nothing exactly. real quick they were down 28 nothing at half and that's that's the way it goes sometimes and like like i've said like we've seen good teams get beat up in a bad way in the nfl before and come right back and look great the following week so 
not time to hit the panic switch, but a little bit of soul searching necessary before their next week's nice game. game. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a good matchup that they have Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders. Dog shit Raiders. We still really don't know who the quarterback is going to be in that game. Jimmy G still has the back injury. Uh, Brian Hoyer looked god, god awful against he's, the Bears. He's lost 13 straight starts now, Brian Hoyer. Yeah, I'm shocked that uh, Josh McDaniels wouldn't go with uh, Aiden O'Connell and just see what the kids got. I, Trash I don't know. head coach. Yeah, I mean, Trash. One, one, one of the most questionable. Fuck the Raiders. Trash. Coaches I've ever seen. But no and, offense, Randy Book. We love you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. Raiders will have their day once again. Maybe, no, they will not. Maybe 30, 40 years down the road. Yeah, when I'm dead. Yeah, maybe when I'm long gone off this planet. Uh, anyways, it's it's the Baltimore. We we already said Ravens against the Arizona Cardinals. So somewhat of a bye week for both teams coming up, most likely. Not you, taking you anything so. away there. But uh, anyways, we got the Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 16-13 win for the Atlanta Falcons. I really don't even understand how a team could win a game fumbling the ball three times in the other team's red zone, but that's somehow what happened in this game. We saw a goal line fumble from Desmond Ritter. We saw two other fumbles from Desmond Ritter. It was honestly as bad as it could ever be. B. John Robinson literally did not play. He was suffering some severe migraines for this game and without even having any notification to the league or anything about that beforehand. Very suspect uh, from the Falcons. I, I don't know how they won this game. I don't know how the hell this team is winning this division with Desmond Ritter at quarterback, but they somehow are. They have a really good defense, and they were able to run the ball against uh, Tampa Bay, who's got a pretty good run defense. And, you know, Ritter, three red zone fumbles lost for him, but he he did make some big throws. He was able to get Kyle Pitts going, Drake London, and Johnny Smith on the first drive, nothing after that. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bucs, they need they, – they cannot run the ball and they're, you know, Todd Bowles doesn't want to drop back 42 times. Baker Mayfield was pretty good in this game, but he did have a costly interception uh, when the game mattered in Atlanta territory, and that was ultimately what ended up uh, losing the game for them. But yeah, I mean, there's not, other than that, there's not a whole lot to talk about this game. I mean, it's a really weak division. Uh, eight or nine wins is going to win this division, maybe even seven, who knows. I could see this these teams all beating each other one time and splitting it, you know, aside, I think Carolina's trash, fuck them. They could still win against these teams. That's they could the win against thing. these teams. Yeah. I just, I don't see them winning the division, yeah, though. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Atlanta, they do have, a, I, it, they have a top 10 defense, and that's what's keeping them in these games and winning them games. And, and you know, they do run the ball well. Hopefully, Bijan, you know, he was full goal at practice today. I do think they, they, they deserve some punishment. I mean, the NFL said they were going to look into that. They deserve to lose a draft pick or something because, you know, you got to, you got to, the injury report's there for a reason and you got to, you got to let people know. I mean, people are betting on these games and fantasy and all that shit, right? So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I would love to see Kirk Cousins go to the Atlanta Falcons in the offseason because this is a really talented roster that just has really shaky quarterback play week in and week out, aside from that Houston Texans win. Yeah, it's been shaky. He's he's had a lot of turnover problems, man, and that's, that's one consistent thing that he's dealing with. I will say, uh, He's looking a lot better throwing the ball, though. I yeah, gotta give yeah, him credit. Desmond Ritter's starting to really look better and more comfortable throwing the ball. So if he could find a way to limit these turnover issues, then they're a dangerous team to deal with because of the aforementioned defense. This defense is incredible. It's way right up there with the tops of the league, you can argue, and with not a lot of like star power to mention too. So kudos to them, man. I mean that that's a huge, huge win, divisional matchup early on in the season for them. 
That's there's there's no mistaking it. Like you said, e- each team has every opportunity to win this division. Besides from Carolina, it's going to finish probably under five hundred for winning it. So yeah, big win. And they're rolling against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee next week, and uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks have a quick turnaround against a pretty shaky looking Buffalo Bills team. So they're going to be looking to get back chomping at the bit for that one real quick on Thursday night coming up here. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up that one. Not a lot else to talk about for that one. Washington Giants, 14-7 for the New York Giants. And I, I think there's one thing you could absolutely guarantee in this life is death taxes and Sam Howell getting sacked at least five times in a football <laughs> game because that just keeps on happening time and time again. We saw Dexter Lawrence finally get his first two sacks of the year in this one. Kayvon Thibodeau, he's looking better and better as each week goes on after a very shaky start to the season for him, starting to make his presence felt. This defense is looking good back-to-back weeks now. They're looking really good. They're looking fired up. I don't know if that has anything to do with a switch at quarterback or not, but it could be a coincidence. They're playing better with Tyrod Taylor. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And Sexy Dexy was freaking dominant in this game. He uh, led the league for all defensive tackles this week with eight pressures to go along with his two sacks. And he was, it was the least uh, least amount of double teams he's faced all year, only 40%. So that was the key to his success. He absolutely mauled the center, who was an ex-giant last year. And uh, like you said, Thibodeau, he's now five and a half sacks. He's in the top 10 in the league. Uh, he's also a really good run defender, but he did have a terrible dropped interception. Oh. Which uh, this, this this game they'll be had, having nightmares about yeah, that one. Having, Even though they won, that that's that's bonus money for a this pick game six had no business sure. being fourteen seven. The Giants dominated. They were the better team all game long. I continued. I'll just you know it's just the third week in a row. I don't. I think Ron Rivera's jobs in jeopardy. That team looks lifeless. You know, uh, seven points ain't gonna do it in the NFL. Um, Chase Young was had a really good game. Two sacks. Um, Montez Sweat another sack. Those are two guys that are rumored. Uh, to be out on the tra- on the trade block uh, in these next six days before the trade deadline next Tuesday, so something to monitor there. Um, the the Giants finally remembered uh, that they you know they have Darren Waller on their team, yeah, and you know they lined him out in the slot, yeah. they put him at tight end. He had a big game, seven catches, ninety eight yards, and a touchdown. He's their best player on offense aside from Saquon Barkley, and I think Saquon Barkley just proves again that you know they're a different team when he's on the field. Quite literally. 80% of all touches for the Giants should go to those two yeah, guys. Yeah, and then our, our occasional deep ball yeah. to Jalen Hyatt or Darius Slayton. Yeah, whoever. Mix and match, yeah. whatever, and else there. But those by far are their best players. And once again, you just mentioned it. They they, they won because of those two guys in this game. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And yeah, good good for Tyrod Taylor, man. I mean, he, he played really good against the Bills besides from that mix-up on the goal line last week. And he played really good again to, to uh, against the Washington Commanders. Yeah. He had... No turnovers. He got sacked a couple times, four times actually, yeah. and I mean, yeah, he, they have a battle. Yeah, they got. A, I mean, that's 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 a step up from eleven against the Seahawks with Daniel Jones yeah. in there. So I mean, Tyrod Taylor did a great job, and he he filled in commendably in this one. So good, good for the Giants. I don't even know if they really want to be winning games right now. I think their hopes, like I know they're in the NFC. I know it's like what what are they two and five now? I. Yeah. I I don't even know if they really want to be winning games at this point. I think honest, Brian Dayball is wanting to win games just because in New York with that media, that scrutiny, they he could be gone. They fired coaches yeah. within two, three years. The last, the last two coaching cycles, so they do it for fun over in New York. Man. Exactly, yeah. it's, it's cutthroat over there. So good for him to get the win. Um, 
back-to-back pretty impressive performances. I don't know. Speaking I, of New York, the Battle of New York coming up next week, and the Jets are looking better, man. They're, that should be been, a physical, yeah. low-scoring, couple good defenses going at it. I mean, you know, that's uh, if you're one of those lame-ass football fans that needs like a 35-33 game, something like that, probably don't watch that. But, you know, if you're one of us and you love football, that's, that's going to be a gritty game. That'll be some hard-hitting football for sure. And it's Washington at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a big shootout with the, these two teams the last time they met. I'd say Washington has really regressed. I, I'm not too, yeah, I'm not too <laughs> sure if they could be expecting more of the same for this time around. But we'll see. Maybe Washington has Philly's number after uh, being the only team last year to beat them all year in the regular season too. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a good game again. We'll see. We'll wait and see on that one. Speaking of not a good game, Las Vegas at Chicago. 30-12 to 12 win for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Tyson Badgett, I mean, this guy went undrafted. He came out of Division Two, Shepherd University. This is really, like, the stuff of dreams for this guy. This is amazing. NFL debut as a starter, and he just played great football, man. He didn't do everything. Like, he didn't light up the, the scoreboard by any means in terms of 300-yard uh, stats or anything, but he did not turn the ball over. He led them on three touchdown drives. They were all scored by Dante Foreman, who had a absolutely massive game. He should just be their lead back. Yeah, I mean, that's 16 carries, 89, 89 yards, two touchdowns, plus another three catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown in the air. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean... He brings attitude to that offense. He runs hard. I, I don't know why he wouldn't be the lead back in, in any scenario. We saw him do great in Carolina, too, man. Yeah. He's just a hard-running yeah. running back. He's and violent. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy to have out there. And uh, that was a, one of the funniest celebrations, if anyone pays attention on Twitter. But when, <laughs> if, if you saw that hand-slapping thing that was going on Twitter last week, he did that celebration. That was one of the funnier things I saw throughout the week. Uh, Badgen, once again... Stuff dreams are made of, good for him. He's not going to get much more action when Fields is probably going to be coming back maybe next week, maybe one more week afterwards. And Josh McDaniels, we just touched on it. I had it written down here. That's very questionable decision-making before the game even starts to not give this Aiden O'Connell kid a chance. I mean, what do you have to lose? I'm sorry. With in the absence of Jimmy G, you know who Brian Hoyer is. You don't know who Aiden exactly. O'Connell is. Give this kid a chance in what should have been a very winnable game, and they got dominated and properly so. This is an offensive-minded head coach. This offense sucks. It sucks out loud. It smells like garbage. It's trash. Um, they have nothing going for them on offense besides Devontae Adams, and they can't even get him going because defenses know if you take him out of the game, they have nothing. Josh Jacobs isn't who he was last year. That holdout has really affected him. The offensive line has regressed. I think that Josh McDaniel's offense has is not suited for this new NFL. It looks like it's outdated. Uh, again, they they're literally their only time scoring twenty points was because of a safety that Max Crosby got to win the game. They were at nineteen. They haven't actually scored twenty offensive points in a game yet. That's bad, man. No, and he's an offensive minded head coach. I mean, I can't. I could go on and on about this. Like I, the Raiders are trash. Uh, good for Tyson Bajan. Great game. Uh, he effect he he executed the game plan well. Short, quick, efficient pass games. Good, good running the ball. Good run game for the Bears. Jalen Johnson had a huge game. His first multi interception game of his career. He had a pick six, and then the very next drive he had another interception. Um, they should pay him. He's one of the better corners in the league. I would pay him and not trade him. And kudos to Matt Eberflus for turning this defensive around. 
sorry, turning this defense around. They're playing really good on defense right now. They're playing really physical. They just manhandled the Raiders on both sides of the ball. They were the more physical team on both sides of the ball. And that's all I got to say about this game. Yeah, I think for the last four weeks, they've they've looked really good, actually. Yeah. As, as a team, they could have won all of those games. Uh, they, they barely lost to the Broncos. They hammered the Commanders. They had a lot of mistakes in that game against the Vikings, which forced them to lose. But yeah, they've been in every single one of the games after getting totally dismantled by the Chiefs in Week yeah. 3. So they've turned that team around quite a bit. And yeah, as I've already mentioned, you're not dead in the NFC this year. Even at 2-5, and five, they're not dead. They could go it hot. They could go on a run. You really never know. Um, I I don't know what to say about Vegas, man. I, I hate the way Josh McDaniels coaches this team. I just hate watching this team. This team is so frustrating to watch because they're just not bringing excitement. The only guy bringing Crosby. excitement is Max Crosby. And I wish he would go on a different team because he deserves to have a chance to be on a contender, but he seems happy where he is either way. I'm not too sure how he can be. He but seems like one of those players that wants to be the reason why the team, team turns, turns around, around you know, maybe. Which yeah. I, I respect that, you know, you know, and, and he's got an incredible story. I freaking hate the Raiders. Can't stand him. You know that, but I got a lot of respect for Max Crosby. Yeah, and I already mentioned the Raiders. They're playing primetime Monday night against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. And speaking of another, why are they in primetime? It's the Chicago Bears in primetime Sunday night against the LA Chargers. And I I think the Bears got a feel like they could really take this game and get on a run here. If the Chargers lose, please fire Brian Staley because that's hilarious. That should be the last straw. If they go 2-5 and and lose to the Bears, then yeah, I think that's the final straw for... uh, him in, in in LA for his time there um Buffalo New England I don't know if anyone saw this coming when the week started uh 29-25 win for the New England Patriots Bill Belichick just became the third coach in NFL history with 300 wins in the regular season so phenomenal for him yet again he's a milestone maker he's a he's a legend of the game he deserves it he's done everything there is to do Mac Jones, all the haters, they could be quiet for at least one week. He was spotless, man. He was absolutely incredible in this game. He was a better quarterback. He was by far on this day the by far better quarterback. 25 of 30, 272 yards, two touchdowns. Game-winning drive. Game-winning drive with time expiring in the fourth quarter after somehow almost blowing this game to the Bills who should have literally not been in this football game if not for some fourth-quarter heroics again. So... Yeah, I think the Bills are in big trouble, man. I think the Bills are a team really floundering right now. They 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 are struggling big time right now. Ever since they hammered um Miami earlier in the season, they've they've really taken a yeah. big step back since then, Jesse. The defense has regressed with those big injuries to Milano, Tredavious White, Daquan Jones, uh, Von Miller only played six snaps. He's still recovering from his ACL. Josh Allen intercepted on the first play. He's just constantly trying to do too much. He's looking for that. 17 20 point play with one play and and you know you, that's just not a thing and he needs to get out of that mindset um i will say dalton kincaid finally hit the scene he, yeah, was, he, he was really impressed thankfully i had him on my bench in fantasy so that's that was usually good. how it yep. how it goes for us you yep. know but you know nonetheless he looked good they got to get him more involved especially with dawson knox going out for a bit here but uh yeah i mean i don't know what to really say about this team they look really you know, they started off the season with a, a clunker, then they had three good games, and then now two, two, 
two back to back. In my partners. mind, they were literally the hardest team to read in football because two weeks this year, they've literally looked like the best team in yeah. football, and I've also can argue that they've looked like the worst team in football multiple. And weeks you know, this year. I had them not making the playoffs in the preview pod, and I. St- I think that, that that's that's still like a strong possibility if they yeah, don't figure it out. They need to they need to switch something up. I don't know if they need a new play caller or what. Um, I mean, if anything, the final scoreline flatters them in this game because yeah, they were properly dominated in this game, and this could very easily be three straight losses for the Buffalo Bills, if not for a couple mishaps on the one yard line yeah. from the Giants in the previous week. And so. also, like the last time. The Patriots scored twenty nine points. Was like halfway through the year last year. I mean, this this is not a good offense, and they they took advantage of the Bills. Uh, they out physical the Bills. They ran. They didn't run the ball like that efficiently, but they stuck to the run game, which set up the pass, the play action passes. Like you said, Mac Mac Jones is really efficient. Uh, they got they were able to get uh Demario Douglas going in his first game back from concussion. He had four catches for fifty four yards, and also he had one carry for twenty yards. They want to get. I want to see them give him the ball more. He's their most explosive player on offense. Um, Ezekiel Elliott continues to be a goal line beast. You know, he he only had 11, he only had thirty one yards on eleven carries, but they they they're hard earned yards. You know, he runs hard. Stevenson, you know, not much better, but they he he contributes. He's being to the active in the game. passing game in the and, last few and weeks a lot. They more. stick like I don't have a problem with teams that stick with the run game, even if they're not. It's not quite like successful or efficient because. It still sets up play action passes, which is where Mac Jones excels at. Yeah, it absolutely is, and he deserves his credit for this week after some horrible performances coming in. It it, it speaks to character at times, especially as a quarterback when all eyes are on you and ultimately the game comes down to how you're playing and how how you're performing. So that's a short-term memory, and that's a good thing in sports because he's been god-awful for the few weeks coming in here as well as the rest of their team as well. So, I mean, that that's a huge win for the Patriots, and they're taking on the Dolphins in Miami, where we're not too sure what Dolphins team is going to even be suiting up for this one. They're battling the injury bug over there right now, and they're coming off a pretty disheartening loss in primetime football to a way better Philly team on the day. So, yeah, New England's going to be chomping at the bit at that one, and it's a quick turnaround. They got no time to figure it out. The Buffalo Bills are taking on the Bucks. The Bucks are very competitive, very capable of winning. Should be a close game. Yeah, I think I think the, go either way. The, the the line is at minus eight and a half right now what? for the Bills. Yeah, in favor of the Bills, and I'm not too sure if the odds makers Don't got this that. one right. I think that's I think that does not speak to how close this, this game's going to be. This smells like a field goal game. Yeah, I think sure. I think this is going to be a really close game. So I I, I think the Bills are going to need to really really come in with a high performance to uh, get get their season back on track after three rough weeks in a row now. Um, yeah, this got to be one of the craziest games probably of the entire year, maybe of the last couple of years. Cleveland, Indianapolis, 39-38 win for the Cleveland Browns. This is just wild stuff. I mean, Deshaun Watson came out, quite literally could not have played like more dog shit for the very limited action he saw. And thankfully so for them, he went out of the game. Cleveland put up 39 points. They had 316 yards of total offense. Uh, And it's not very often a team allows 38 points, and you're talking about how great their defense played. Because they actually played phenomenally while allowing that many points. This is one of the more perplexing things I've seen all season, Jesse. Yeah, uh, you know, they... Gardner Minshew had four turnovers. Uh, back-to-back back weeks. Yeah, Miles Garrett was everywhere. He's 
like you said about TJ Watt, I feel like he should be in the MVP discussion too because his awareness of when to make these game-changing plays, um, as uh, my dog Russell Wilson would say, they're called gap plays, game-altering plays. You know, he jumped, he had a two sacks, two forced fumbles. One was recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, he jumped over the center, blocked a field goal, had a pass deflection. The guy is quite literally built like a superhero and he plays like one. And as you said for Deshaun Watson, the guy sucked. But PJ Walker was not much. I mean, I didn't like, this is the quarterback play for the Browns in this win. Deshaun Watson, one of five, five yards in interception. PJ Walker, 15 of 32. 170 yards and an interception that's combined 16 of 37 and they're scoring 39 points and this defense they gave up 400 and i think 26 yards 456 yards but the defense won them the game they did. plain and simple i mean they it, it almost reminds me of the 2015 broncos defense where they just make like they score they score touchdowns and they they, they create turnovers in timely situations and uh, that's the sign of a good defense yeah, it really is. I mean, like like I said, those numbers, they just don't add up to 39 points. And that's in large part to, like you just mentioned, key situational moments. Um, do want to shout out Josh Downs. He just had his career day as a rookie for the Indianapolis Colts in this one. Five catches, 125 yards and a touchdown. So huge game for him, unfortunately, in a losing cause. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. expressed frustrations after the game, so perhaps some locker room issues going on there. He he demands more of the ball. He feels like he can impact the game more so than he is and feels like he's not getting the opportunity to do so. Gardner Minshew's fucked in the <laughs> head. I mean, this guy's literally thrown for well over 300 yards in back-to-back -back starts and has just turned the ball over at an alarming rate and doing so in, like, just one of the ugliest ways you ever could. So, I mean, I, I don't even really know what the hell to make of this Colts team right now in the absence of Anthony Richardson. They're quite literally spiraling, spiraling out of control. Their run game remains one of the best yeah. in the league. This newfound emergence of Zach Moss uh, in combination with the return of Jonathan Taylor is probably up there for one of the best one-two punches in the entire NFL right now. So maybe the Colts take a look in the mirror, have some self-reflection and say, we need to win games on the ground and command games on the ground and have Minshew figure out how to limit his turnovers and limit the way that he's turning the ball over. I mean, they ran the ball 40 times and threw the ball 23 times. Minshew just has to just not turn the ball over, you know? Like, to turn the ball over four times on 23 pass attempts crazy. And, and three carries, like, that's that's just unacceptable. Um, Jonathan Taylor looked good. He had 120 total yards, one touchdown, and one drug test after scoring a touchdown. They immediately popped him. Yeah, you better. Which is hilarious. Keep an eye on JT for and sure. And I just want to shout out uh, Dustin Hopkins, the Browns field goal kicker. Five straight games with a 50-yard-plus field goal. That's a new NFL record uh, since getting cut by the New England Patriots. He hasn't missed a kick. And the Patriots rookie kicker is five and nine for field goals over forty yards. So yeah, and I know I know a thing or two about having a kicker that you wish you had back. That's for sure because I'm missing Will Lutz. And I love it, Will Lutz, yeah. baby. Because Will Lutz is clutch Lutz. So yeah. um, yeah, not happy seeing him go. It's the speaking of the Saints. That's who Indianapolis will turn their attention to next week at home against the Saints. And the Cleveland Browns, led by P.J. Walker, will be rolling into Seattle 
for an afternoon matchup against I'm, the Seahawks. I'm just too. praying that in five weeks when the Broncos and Browns play that Deshaun Watson can get back out there and help the Broncos get a big dub. Yeah, yeah. It's just an easy win with Deshaun out there. That's the worst contract in sports yeah. history. I just, I'll come out and say no, it right 100%. Now. And to everybody dogging on Russ, like... Start dogging on Watson, man. He's an absolute scumbag. Like, Russ is just a corny cornball. Like, Watson is literally a goof. Yeah, he literally sexually assaulted a lot of women. And Russell Wilson is a man of God. And he might be fake to a certain extent with how good and gracious he is. Just but keep the belief. He is a good guy. Just he is a good guy. And Watson's a piece of shit. Just keep so the belief. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Speaking of those saints... My pathetic Saints took on the Jacksonville Jaguars Thursday night football. What a way to kick off the NFL week for me personally. Jacksonville 31-24 win, and it, it really never should have been that close. The Saints were absolutely fucking abysmal yet again offensively. I don't know if anyone could look worse throwing for over 300 yards than Derek Carr looked. attempts. Yeah, you can't really look like worse doing it, and he looked like a total spaz on the field. Yeah. Like, just sunning out receivers after throwing the ball quite literally 40 yards out of bounds. I mean, the guy is absolutely spastic out there. I don't even want to talk about this team right now because they infuriate me so much. So I'm going to turn my focus and attention to the now rolling on fire Jacksonville Jaguars. And the one thing that's prominent in my mind, Jesse, is they're doing this without Calvin Ridley, who appears to be an afterthought at this time in this Jacksonville offense. Yeah, Calvin, uh, Calvin Ridley is not doing much of anything, especially against press uh, press man, which the Saints run a lot. He's not a very physical wide receiver. He's a gro- great route runner, but he's not a big physical wide receiver, and they kind of just had their way with him all game. Uh, Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram are emerging as like the two best pass-catching guys on that team, along with Zay Jones, who's out with injury. Um, I just want to shout out Trevor Lawrence. You know, that's the kind of playing through that injury with that brace on. Um like that's the kind of shit you want from your franchise quarterback. That's what gives you points in the locker room, toughness, grit. Um, Richard Sherman was saying that he hasn't lived up to the hype or the like potential. I think that's crazy. I mean, he's been really good as a quarterback since Urban Meyer's been fired. He's still very young too. He's twenty four. He just turned twenty four. He's only gonna get better. He's playing through injury. You know, he had a couple big runs and he he's fearless he's not sliding he's he's taking hits he's getting every yard he can I don't necessarily think that's the smart thing but like you said as a franchise quarterback that's the type of shit that Peyton Manning Drew Brees Eli Manning they these guys Philip Rivers they don't miss games they play through these injuries that's the kind of toughness you want out of your franchise quarterback Josh Allen had a career high 10 pressures he's really emerging the real Josh Allen. just imagine if they took Aiden Hutchinson over Trevon Walker, and it was Josh Allen and Aiden Hutchinson running the pass, rushing the passer together. I mean, That'd that be would, scary for yeah. any team to go against. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, man, he's he's special. There's no doubt about it. When adrenaline kicks in and you're an elite athlete, you go unconscious, and we saw him multiple times in that game taking off key situational runs, keeping drives alive in the in the most important moments of the game to really establish their dominance early on. And yeah, he he he's just a character guy. He, like you just mentioned, stars don't miss games whether or not they're hurt. When they can walk, they can play. Yeah. That's the way that they think, and that's what he just came out and showed. And this game was never close. No, and he made a big he made a big throw uh, to Christian Kirk uh, late in the fourth quarter. Um, he stepped up when he had to, and I just think like 
he's for me he's everything that Justin Herbert is supposed to be you know like he 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 shows up in crunch time um you know he limit he didn't have a turnover uh that's the one thing that's kind of been a knock on him is he fumbles the ball quite a bit um so yeah I was just really impressed with that performance playing at less than 100 percent I'm really impressed with this Jaguars team I think they're a really talented team they're a physical defense they're a physical offense they have a good offensive line uh the Saints didn't even get a pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he had a 2.20 seconds time to throw the ball, the quickest of his career. He was making quick decisions. Uh, the, the pass protection was holding up. Travis Etienne had another couple touchdowns. and I know. I, I know. saw a couple things from the Saints defense, which I didn't see all year so far, and it really was perplexing to witness. It was um, Etienne on an outside rush going untouched into the end zone. I haven't seen that this year so far. And also that slant to Chris, Christian Kirk, yeah. um, taking it 50 yards untouched to the house. I mean, like... I don't think the Honey Badger should be manned on, guys. No, that, that was age. that was really um, situationally the wrong, um, the wrong call yeah. by the defensive coordinator at that moment. Uh, yeah, no, that... Not like it really mattered in the end. And yeah, I know this... We Like I said, it wasn't close. We did have a chance to tie this game and possibly force overtime and sadly uh foster moreau he he had it on his hands and he he took he dropped a, it yeah he took accountability he was hurting bad and yeah. this this was not his fault why we lost so this game was lost long before that also Derek Carr zip it in yeah, there it buddy was, it was a miracle for him to even have that opportunity anyways so yeah that one that hurt him personally more so than i think saints fans would have blamed him because i definitely did not blame him for that whatsoever it was a trash game yet again on both sides of the ball and the saints are now floundering they're desperate they're in desperation mode going into indianapolis it's almost a must win game I'd week eight er, early on I, I think it is in my mind absolutely it is so it's I, a big game for Derek carr too man like he with the way he's freaking out spazzing i'm out telling you he's gonna lose the locker room i've seen all over the place saints fans they're not happy with no. Carr. they're not happy with pete carmichael they're not no. happy with dennis allen there's no. so much frustration right now there's a lot of confusion going around the locker room you hear camara talking about how things are going you hear all sorts of things. Chris Olave just got arrested. I mean, these are kind of the ways that teams self implode and spiral out of control. Blake There's group like socks or groupie, whatever his name is. Yeah, I hate to say it. There's so many things to not be uh, happy or overwhelmed about right now. It's still so early in the season. We're just approaching the midway point, but each game is going to be amplified in importance from here. A big uh, positive for the Saints, though, is Marshawn Lattimore is steady strapping. Yeah, up he's everyone. amazing, man. Yeah. He's amazing. He's he's one of the lone bright spots. I um, Granderson as yeah, well. Yeah. He's special, but yeah. Cam Jordan, you know, he's he he's not who he was, but he's still he's still good. He's still a leader. He is. He is. He's slowed down a little bit, but he's still able to impact and and take um. He brings attention to him and allows more opportunity for Granderson on the other end. I think edge, he's so. a big part of Granderson's development too, you know, yeah. having that, that leadership and that role model, you know? Yeah, he's a great guy to have around. Um, And it's the Jags in Pittsburgh trying to stay rolling. That'll be going for, I think, five straight wins for Jacksonville yeah. now if they go into next week. So, yeah, they're, they're truly rolling now after a very slow start to the season, which had people questioning. Uh, that wraps up all the games. We're going to go to our performers of the week now, the Gridiron Gang performers of the week. And Jesse, will you kick us off? Yeah, defensive, uh, the Gridiron Gang defensive performer of the week. We're going to go with none other than Miles Garrett. Like we said, he had two sacks, two forced fumbles, one strip sack in the end zone that was recovered for one of their touchdowns. He uh, blocked field goal, pass deflection, 
can't say enough good things about him. And then also uh, Lamar Jackson uh, against the uh, Detroit Lions. Like one of the best games, if not the best game of his entire career. They had 38 points. And uh, I'm just pulling up his numbers right now. Just give me a sec. He was 21 to 27 for 357 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Nine carries, 36 yards, and a touchdown, 155 passer rating. That was the third time that he's been over 150, 155 or over. 158.3 is perfect. He's had that twice. And that actually ties Tom Brady for as many 155-plus passer ratings uh, that Tom Brady has had in his career. And, and Lamar Jackson has done it in a, a, a far fewer games than Tom Brady. So really good for him. Fraction of the time for that. Yeah, and to follow that up, it'll be John Harbaugh as our – coach coordinator of the week because that's one of the most emphatic wins that we've seen so far this season it was an absolute hammer time against a very good Detroit team rolling in on all sorts of confidence so we're gonna go with the duo of Jackson and Harbo for this one and our star rookie of the week goes to none other than Jordan Addison Monday night football what a game for him what a coming out party whatever you want to call it in the absence of Justin Jefferson stepped up admirably Seven catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns in a shocking upset win for the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful display from Jordan Addison. Huge game for him. And that'll wrap up our show. Week 7 review completed and finished from the Gridiron Gang podcast. Once again, you can follow along everywhere around socials. We'll still be doing this and that, all sorts of things, whatever. We got possibly some action coming up with the trade deadline this yeah, week we'll as well, too. we'll have a too. longer episode next Wednesday. Yeah, with- so definitely stay stay on board for that and keep, keep trucking along with us. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. All of our viewers from all around the globe, we got multiple viewers tuning in now from France, Italy, Uruguay, wherever, all over the place. So we're trying to stay active for you here. We just like doing the pod more so than anything else, but we'll try to keep up on the socials as well. Broncos country. Let's ride.